people, and welcome back to the greatest combat sports and culture show in the world. I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente, and welcome to episode 156. Yo, today, we're going to have an amazing show for you guys, man. On the menu for today, once again, my boy, Brandon Camille, joins us to break down all things boxing. There's, I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. The last 45 days or so has been some of the best quality boxing that I have ever seen in my life. Especially, I'm talking about championship fight after championship fight after championship fight. In this same stretch, we've had Errol Spence for Sean Porter. We've had Gennady Golovkin versus Sergei uh, Derevchenko. Shakur Stevenson, we break down that fight from this past weekend. We talk about also an amazing fight with Regis Progre, Josh Taylor, and we talk about what's next for both of those gentlemen. We also dive into this upcoming weekend's mega fight. In the fight that a lot of us have been waiting for for so long, and that's the Canelo Alvarez moving up two weight classes and fighting against Sergey the Crusher Kovalev. So again, a lot to get to today. Remember, before we jump into it, each and every week, the Fight Podcast is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Sage Eats. Check out Sage Eats at sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months. Sage Eats offers healthy meals and fitness mentoring all throughout the Chicagoland area. If you are not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers fitness mentoring. They will write the workout for you. They will also help you out with your nutrition. Check out Sage Eats today, sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 10% off your first three months. Also, check them out everywhere um, social media is at The Fight Podcast. While we're at it, remember, do not forget... To hang out and check out, say, or not say, Jeets, <laughs> the Fight Podcast. Yo, show us some love. Show us some love. Um, I'm loving all the support. I'm loving all the communications that we're getting through all of our profiles. That's at our website, thefightpodcast.com. I'm also loving all the interactions that we're getting throughout our social media. That's at the Fight Podcast. Also with me at Serge Vicente, even on my Twitter at the Serge Vicente. So, Thank you all for chopping it up with us, letting us know. But if you're enjoying the show, would like it seems a lot of you are, make sure you tell your friends. Subscribe, rate, download, let everybody know about the greatest combat sports and culture show in the universe, and tell them about your boy, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. All right, yo, again, a lot to get to. I'm so excited about this episode. Enjoy my convo with Brandon Camille. Brandon Camille, brother, how you doing, man? Serge, what it do? I'm doing very well, man. Thank you, as always, for joining me on the greatest combat sports and culture show in the world, man. How you? How, how's it going, man, out there in the East Coast? Man, I'm living good. No complaints. Um, you know, everything is everything up here in Boston. There it is, man. Yeah, you since guys... my Yankees lost, I've been a little bit, a little bit down, but <laughs> I'm surviving. Look, man, I, I can't even talk trash. 
My Cubbies didn't even make the playoffs, so I, I, I'm not even going to let it rock, man. I don't even care, man. Um, but, yo, for those first-time listeners, I am joined once again, Brandon Camille. Brandon Camille is our boxing expert. My man is from New York. He's unfortunately repping Boston, but it's okay. Uh, <laughs> I do not rep Boston. Do, do not tell people that. I yeah. do not rep Boston. Man, it looks like you got a Red Sox shirt on. What is that? An intramural basketball shirt. I, I, I wish you guys could understand how much this man reaches. An intramural basketball shirt. That is black and white, no red. He looked like he had on a championship Red Sox shirt, man. I just assumed. Or, or it was a, a New England Patriots joint. Come on, man. You know you give them some love. Intramural basketball. That is, that is all. Oh, man. Y'all won the championship? We did. Undefeated. There we go, man. Hey, you, can you hoop? Excuse me. Uh, I wouldn't say can hoop. More like functional. <laughs> hey, so look, I will. I, I, I'm gonna make this is my hot take for the day. It's not really a hot take. It's pretty much just factual. Um, in terms of cities, the big cities who have better hoopers between New York and LA, and I'm sorry, New York and Chicago, fam, Chicago all day. Wait, what? We have a better basketball culture. Do you? Do yes, we do. Because here's the thing, and here's a big way that we know it, right? Because for those who don't know high school basketball, each and every year they do a Chicago versus New York. All the all stars from Chicago play against all the all stars from New York in high school, and New York gets dragged each and every year. Also, check it out. We can look it up. Chicago actually has the most players in the NBA. Funny that Jordan was born in New York. He didn't grow up there. He was just ain't, born ain't, there. Ain't it, ain't it funny? He didn't learn how to play basketball there. He learned there in North Carolina. So exactly. Chicago can't claim that either. No, we, However, uh, we didn't claim him. I'm not okay. claiming him. Who y'all claiming? I, man, dude, we got so many. I'll take Isaiah Thomas. I'll take Mo Cheeks. I'll take, uh, dude, I'll take Anthony Davis. I'll take Pat Bev. I can keep going if D-Wade. you want. I'll take, I'll take, I got D-Wade. I got Kevin Garnett. We I got to look going. it up. I, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. Clearly, clearly, clearly yeah. you did a Google search beforehand. <laughs> no, bro, I'm a basketball fan. Because you nah. know why? Do you want to know why? Because I'm from Chicago and we actually know basketball. Oh, we starting off hot. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to smoke you today. That's not gonna happen. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) You you, you got me on this one. You stumped me. This is not on the docket. (laughs) I'm over here getting roasted. (laughs) Come on, man. We got legends from Chicago family. We got legends. You know, Kareem. Hey, you know it was bad when man looked at Dr. J. Chris oh, Mullen, Carmelo Anthony, oh, Kemba yes, Walker, Donovan Mitchell, incredible. Bernard King, incredible. Bob Cousy, Andre Drummond, oh, Nate Archibald, man. Stephon Marbury. Beautiful. Come on now. Hey, so here's the thing. You want to know the difference? I was able to pick mine right off the top of the dome just because that's how Chicago gets down. My man had hit the Google. If I hit the Google, fam, it's a wrap. Look, you wanted facts. I'm making sure that I'm giving the people factual uh, players from New York who are indeed legends in the game of basketball. And I've been able to do that, whether I Google it or not. They are legends, yes. Chicago has more. 
but we're going to keep it spicy today. Um, speaking of spice, man, this past weekend, Shakur Stevenson and Joette Gonzalez went at it. These two dudes had all the spice. Shakur Stevenson is piping Joette's sister. Um, so there was beef. Families don't like each other. Joette and the sister haven't spoken forever. And uh, people were wondering how this fight was going to play out. This was Shakur Stevenson's 22 years old, 2016 silver medalist in the Olympics. Everyone believed that he was going to be good, but this was his first legitimate step up. B, did he actually live up to expectations? And also, man, brother, how you like that segue? Solid, solid, solid. <laughs> I'll give you that. Did he live up to expectations? Sergio, did he ever? He looks amazing. It's really, it's a, a telltale of, a, of, of who's going to be great in boxing when you keep feeding them more and more competition and every single time they perform so far and so far above and beyond their competition. And that's what Shakur, Shakur Stevenson was almost shutting out uh, Joette Gonzalez. He simply was so much better and there was nothing Joette could have done. It just wasn't in his skill set to beat Shakur Stevenson. Hey, time Shakur- out, time out, time out. Joette Gonzalez only landed 11% of his punches. He only, he had single digits jabs in the fight. And I mean, that was all footwork. Shakur stayed out of range all night. His feet were just way too fast. And that that was so apparent even to a novice that would have been watching this fight. His feet were fast. He kept his distance. He played with him all the night. He kept that jab in his face, just pawing it out there, pawing it out there. Now he got him thinking about the jab. Well, I'm going to stop you in your tracks with a right, uh, a right to the body, right to the solar plexus. So you can't come forward as much. So I'm going to just discourage you from doing exactly what you want to do. And in, in that, I'm going to implement my game plan. And he just dominated him all night. It, it, it was not even remotely anywhere to close. And I mean, at 126, there's not much there for him. Um, you got Gary Russell eventually. I mean... You have Leo Santa Cruz, you have Josh Warrington, and that's the fight that he wants, and that's a great unification fight. However, there are rumors swirling that Shakur Stevenson did have trouble making this weight, and I don't think he goes up yet, but his days at 126 are limited. Absolutely. And when you think about his age, it only makes sense. He's 22 years old, and crazy for me to say at 29 that he's a growing boy, but he is. He's he actually go- is. He's going to put on his man weight as we head into these 23, 24, 25 years, and so he's going to have to move up. So how long does he last at 126 is one of the questions, but I would love to see him unify with Josh Warrington. Man, look, my man's calling him a boy. And this week, we got Joe Biden getting in trouble for calling some young lady child. Man. (laughs) Hey, yo, it's okay. I understand. He's a young man. (laughs) He he is. And I mean, he, he handled the situation with class. However, it is what it is. Like, you beat up the brother. You went home. Man, he did. Senior chick. Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of the fight, okay, and, and that specifically. So he went out there. He beat the brakes off a dude. And one thing defensively, one of the things that I found to be extremely interesting throughout throughout the um, the telecast. First of all. They, I think that the team that they have, I'm actually liking Tim Bradley more and more. 
But um, the team that I actually highlighted that Shakur Stevenson, we talked about how amazing he is defensively. Yo, this dude gets hit less at this point in his career than Pretty Boy Floyd. You know, he, he looks great, and he's just – his legs are so fast. His footwork is so good. It's so easy for him to stay to keep his he's distance. He's an athlete, bro. That's He's an athlete. And one thing, if I had any critique of him at all, um, you know, obviously at certain points he could have went for the knockout, but I, I don't really care as much about that. I like what that I he got like, the rounds in. He, he did get the rounds in. I like what that. I what I want to see from him is a little bit more of an inside game. Obviously, he can obviously he can stay away with his legs, keep his distance, and that allows him to um, implement his game plan. However, on the other side of things, there won't always be that option. There's always someone bigger and better than you at, at, at something, whether it's a foot speed, whether it's cutting off the ring. So there will be a day Power, where he's going to have to something. go inside and get it. Yeah. And I would love to see a little bit more of what that inside game looks like at this point in his career. So, I mean, really... That's me nitpicking. Nothing to really critique. An amazing performance all around. A class act by a Shakur Stevenson, a young rising star in the sport. Do you know how I knew he was great? Because I, I do believe this kid is going to be great. I do. And I think boxing is in amazing hands with Devin Haney and Shakur Stevenson. And Teofimo Lopez, for that matter. When he walked out with the cosine of cosines... My man walked up to the to the ring, was walking up to the squared circle, on his left was one of the greatest champions of all time, undefeated 32-0, beat twice the crusher when he was actually the crusher, someone we're going to talk about later on. We had Andre Ward on one side, Olympic gold medalist. On his right side, he had arguably the pound-for-pound pound king. Arguably, Terrence Crawford on his right. These are the people who are his mentors. These are the people that are actually getting this dude in here. And one thing that I've heard more and more and more, especially the more successful I'm trying to become in this realm, and I think this is something that you hear a lot. I heard Gary Vee talk about this. Gary Vee talks about this all the time. Um, I actually got a, a signed book by Gary Vee. Won one of his contests. He signed it for me, sent it on over, and I read that thing. But um, my man's, you want to be successful, surround yourself with people who are better than you. He's doing an incredible job of doing that. He has two legends that are molding this kid into being a legitimate champion. And you can actually see the maturity. You hit me up, bro. Yo, for those listening, Brandon hit me up throughout the, in the middle of the fight. And one thing that he said was, man, he was like, I love how he's playing the villain. I love he's playing it up. That means he's, he's thinking in there. He walked out there again. Joet Gonzalez, super Mexican. Joet comes out with a sombrero on, with the, you know, the poncho and whatnot. Yo, we turn around, we look at Shakur Stevenson. He got a fresher hat and a fresher poncho. And my man's went out there looking clean and went ahead and did that dance to him. But after the fact, he did something that I loved. He gave all the props to his opponent. He says, hey, man, this is how we do it. I was selling the fight. I, I got no beef with y'all. And then he threw a cherry on top and said, hey, baby, this had to be salt in the womb. I love you, baby. I love you, girl. 
And though he was flanked by the two greats that you mentioned in Terrence Crawford and Andre Ward, that right there is right out the Mayweather playbook. One thousand percent. And that and, and to your point, he's thinking he's thinking about the long game. He's thinking not only about who he's going to dominate in the ring, but how he's going to dominate in terms of cash as well. Everybody since Mayweather left has been jockeying for that top spot, being that cash cow in the sport. And he sees that at 22 years old, he has a real chance at being one of the next big guys in the sport. And he's in, he's setting the uh, building blocks for that right now. Absolutely. I, I love it. I love what he's doing. And again, I actually... These young, this young crop of guys. I'm talking about these dudes, 23. Oh, and by the way, Shakur Stevenson becomes the first out of that 2016 Olympic class to win a title. Pride of Newark. Here we go. There we go, man. Amazing fight, man. Salute to the man, Shakur Stevenson, and everybody involved. Uh, also, this past weekend, in my opinion, the fight of the weekend. And it's something that you and I discussed not too long ago. Um, shit, last episode we talked about it, but boxing is doing an amazing job. And we have hit one of the best 45-day stretches that I have ever seen. And the fact that we had the, the World Boxing Super Series, 140-pound um, title, super lightweight title um, with Regis Progre against Josh Taylor. And you know what, man? This was a great fight, man. This was a great fight from start to finish that swung back and forth. And I mean, this is the type of stuff, to your point, that we need more of in boxing. Unify at the right time. Don't wait till someone's yes. out of their prime. Now we have an opportunity for a trilogy also. An opportunity for a trilogy. But now at the super lightweight division, we have a real opportunity to get an undisputed champ. And we don't get those opportunities often. We have Jose Ramirez on one side with the WBC and the WBO belt. And now we have Josh Taylor with the IBF with the win over Regis Progre. He took his WBA belt. So real quick, I'm sorry, before you do that, because we didn't actually talk about the actual fight. So before we talk about what they do next, um, how did you actually have the fight score? I'm excited, man. I know, I know. (laughs) But dude, this, this weight class is fun now. This is a really fun weight class. Everything from literally 126 all the way up to heavyweight is fire. You know what I'm saying? So um, how did you actually have it scored? Um, I had it scored in the seven five eight four Josh Taylor range. So you and had it like kind of like I did. Oh, I had it actually. No, I had it closer than that. I had it one fifteen one thirteen. Okay, and uh, that seven five. Yeah. So I mean, it it was a close fight. Um, Regis Progre early on definitely was the was the aggressor, and he was able to. Um, he was taking those earlier rounds, but Josh Taylor made the adjustments, and he didn't make just any adjustments. He made the adjustments by playing Regis Progre's game. He was on the inside. He wasn't on. He wasn't on the outside like we thought he would need to do to win the fight. He was on the inside all night, and he could get his shots in while Progre just simply could not. And over over time, you really started to see jo- Josh Taylor pull away towards those later rounds. I think. Well, I thought Progre you know came what? along. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Because this is what I want to talk about. Yeah. I thought Progray came along maybe in the 11th or 12th, but at that point, Josh Taylor had full control of the fight. Exactly. So I agree with you. I think that Regis Progray won the first couple rounds. Josh Taylor had a wave in the second, in the in the middle of, in the middle of the fight. But in, a, in the and I I gave and actually all the judges gave Regis Progray rounds 11 and 12. 
Josh Josh Taylor, I mean, throughout those middle rounds, he really, really oh, dominated. He looked great. Yeah, there were dominant rounds. Um, there, oh, let me rephrase that. The rounds were close. It wasn't just like a washing, but it definitely was like this guy won this round. At least that's yeah. how I looked at it. I mean, the, the rounds were close, but as as we got deeper into those middle rounds and we started to look th- towards those championship rounds, you can see Josh Taylor, he had full control of the fight. He was landing hard shots. Regis, it's not like Progray wasn't landing, but he was uncomfortable in there. He wasn't getting in his groove when Josh Taylor was getting all the shots that he wanted. I was surprised that uh, Progray wasn't really shaking at any point. It looked like Progray, kind of the middle rounds, it seems like he really started coasting. And it seems like he, he just started too late. Let's say instead of the 11th and 12th round, he started boxing like that. Now, granted, that's all praises to the man, right? Josh, he did his thing. Taylor did his thing. Um, but I feel like if he got going, let's say around nine and picked up the pace, we could have easily had a draw. We could have easily had program in it by one. I think it was. I think it was a miscalculation on his part. But at the same time, man, yo, I gotta give all praises due. My man's went out there and took that fight. And one thing I will say is the way I judge fights and I judge rounds is yes, there were close rounds. But at the end of each round, you gotta look at it. And you gotta say, yo, who would I rather be? And most of those, man, I have to say, I'd rather have been Josh. Absolutely. He was landing the harder shots. I mean, Progray was definitely getting his shots in. I think he abandoned the body a little bit too early in the fight. I think had he stayed with that a little bit longer, it would have paid more dividends later in the fight. Um, however, I mean, the shots that he were he was landing, they were just far and few where it seemed like it seemed like Taylor was just always there landing a big shot every few seconds. You know what, man? So this weekend I went back and I looked at um uh what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? The other champion in the weight class that you were just talking about, Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. Jose Ramirez. So I went back and I watched Jose Ramirez's couple fights this weekend. Um man, I think Jose Ramirez might be the best in this weight class. And and I, and, and the thing is, and the reason I say that is this, right? I don't see him slowing down. So, for instance, you see how Progray ended up slowing down in the middle of rounds, right? I don't feel like he has that straight Mexican style of coming forward or coming at you. Nonstop. He also has big, more punching power. Exactly. He's you know, a scary he, we, dude, man. We saw what he did to Maurice Hooker. Cool. However, I, I might take Josh Taylor in that fight. Josh Taylor has more in his toolbox, so he does not he does may, he may not toolbox. have the punching power of a Jose Ramirez, but we've seen what he can do on the outside. We just watched him operate on the inside all night with one of the best uh, best in the division. So I, right now, I would give a slight edge to Josh Taylor just because of the amount of tools that he has in his toolbox, whereas Jose Ramirez, we know what we, we know what he is. However, when you have punching power like he does, the great eraser, you know, at any time the fight can end. Exactly. That fight was a back and forth fight with him, Maurice Hooker. And, and then it was just over. It was with over. Really no warning. I mean, no one was war- No one was wearing down. We were right in the thick of the fight. And then the fight was over. And that's what power can do for you. Because Yo, my so man throws like hammers. He throws hammers. But here's the thing, man. Speaking of hammers. Yo, your boy. With a lot of pop in his own right, was talking real spicy after the fight and calling out Josh Taylor. And you know who I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about little, the, the little tank that could. The little tank that could. Tank, if you hear me, we're fans of you on the podcast. I just wish you would stop cherry picking. His next fight, I think sometime in December against Yuri Gamboa, that is not what we want to see. And you know that's not what we want to see. So don't waste our time. Don't tease us calling out guys in higher weight classes where we know you can make that weight. But don't tease us when you aren't taking the big fights in your own weight class. So now you just want to talk reckless, talking about you can stop Josh Taylor instead of praising him when he just won two belts, like now's the time to call him out. How about you handle some business down at your weight class, down at 130, down at 135, before you call a guy like Josh Taylor, who just made it through a rigorous tournament to get his gold. Don't call someone like that out, especially day of. You got to let him get his praise. Yo, so check it out. Brandon, I I had to let him get this off because my man felt a kind of way this week. And yo, he shot me a text on some Donald Trump, all caps, mad, talking about Tank. Yo, fam, I I thought he was talking to me. I'm like, bro, like, relax. What did I do? No, man, he was just hot about you, Tank. Tank, get your shit together. I'm hot because we see the talent. We see the power. There's so many things that we've seen, but I want to see it for real against someone real. Because like it, he, because we both are, we both agree. If he goes out there and he scuffs a real name, oh, then 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 I'm on the train. Then nah. then, then we got one. I mean, I had to see you win beat more than one. But here's the thing: out of all of these guys that we've talked about recently, how is it possible? That Tank Davis, with over 20 fights, isn't fighting people as tough as a Joette Gonzalez. Shakur Stevenson. Exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it makes no sense. It makes like no now sense. I don't get it. But now, moving up to 135, uh, to the lightweight division, a crowded lightweight division, he doesn't have a belt. So, if he wants to be relevant, he, some people may say, that you need a belt. And there's no reason for Javante Davis, if he is who we think he is, to not have a belt. So he's going to go after one of those belts that are now held by uh, Vasily Lomachenko and Richard Comey. And so Devin Haney, Vasily is ducking Haney, so he'll probably lose he is. the WC He legitimately WC is, yeah. I, I don't think he's ducking Haney. I just think he just he it's either not, sees a mega, mega fight down right now. Yeah, I, 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 and I can't necessarily like deny that. As much as I would like to see that fight right now, there are bigger, bigger fights for Lobachenko on the table. And Devin Haney, at this point in time, he's getting a bigger name, but there's more money for him to get out there before that actually does happen. Um, so look, I'm excited about that. But look, man, you bring up a good point, and you bring up a point before we get to the fights that are coming up this weekend. You're, we're talking about ducking. And fighters, not just ducking. We're talking about fighters who got ducked and who are getting ducked. Jamal Charlo. We're big fans. At least I am. <laughs> uh, I like Jamal. Yeah, yo, Jamal's the man. So Jamal, um, press conference for his upcoming fight was this past weekend. And he made a point that I, I really thought was interesting. He's like, yo... 
I have been trying to fight these champions. He said, Al, Uncle Al has been out here trying to set up fights against me and Triple G versus me and Canelo versus me and Demetrius Andrade, Andrade, and nobody's taking the fight. He was like, so I might have to move up to 168. He was like, but... We already tried that, and nobody's taking fights right now at 168 because we're open to it, so I might have to move up to 175. How, how do you feel about, one, why do you think people are not fighting Jamal Charlo? I, I don't see someone like Demetrius Andre ducking Jamal Charlo. And when you hear it from the horse's mouth, I mean, of course— everybody's ducking Jamal Charlo when you hear it from Jamal Charlo. But someone that it sounds like they're actually trying to make those fights is Demetrius Andrade, and I don't see him ducking anybody in that division. So I'm interested to see what's going on there. Triple G, eh, maybe he's ducking. However, he's chasing larger fights with Canelo. Um, and, and then Canelo, he's simply chasing larger fights than Jamal Charlo. Jamal Charlo is in, uh, to me, what seems like an awkward phase where he is good enough to... That's the problem. He's, 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 he's good enough, too, but he doesn't have the star power. Exactly. But here's the thing. He's not going to get that star power until one of these guys are forced to fight him. So it's interesting. I think he actually legitimately might have to keep moving up and keep knocking fools' faces off um, until something actually happens. It's wild that someone that talented. But think about it, man. He is, even though we we both agreed and acknowledged my man has a couple technical flaws, but every person, every test that he's had, Every person that we believed was supposed to be somebody that should be a little tough for him, he's pretty much done away with. I I mean, mean, how how many people have we really thought were going to be tough for Jamal Charlo? You can point to the Julian Williams. And that's the one I was talking about, right? So the Austin Trout fight was a tough one. Austin Trout is tough for whoever. Don't I don't care who you are. You fight Austin Trout, you got to bring your damn lunch pail if you're going to fight Austin Trout. So that was always an extremely tough fight. He he passed that test with flying colors. Julian Williams, yo, that was the fight that everyone wanted to see what was going to happen at 154. Whoever wins this is going to be the man at 154. And we saw what happened there. Now, again, Charlo moved up. Guess who got the chip now? And, and, And you know what? I know it kills Jamal how he got the chip. I know it kills him. Oh he doesn't. He does not like how he got that belt, but there was nothing he could do. No, 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 no. And, and that's the thing, because here's the thing. Now you look at it and you know Jamal's like, ooh, I wish I fought Hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal would have knocked Hurt's faces off. Yeah, likely. But I mean, it was by the time Hurt came up, it was Jamel and the Jamel that was relevant in the weight class. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, they were. That, that's when they were both in the weight class. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, So, look, all in all, man, um, look, I I, I just wanted to bring that up. I'm a fan of Jamal. He's actually, he, he, okay, my favorite fighters currently to watch, right? No particular order. Um, Obviously, Jamal Charlo, Caleb Plant, Canelo Alvarez. Um, I love our young boys in Shakur, and I really enjoy watching Devin Haney. Love watching Lomachenko, Errol Spence, T- 
Terrence Crawford. For me, those are the guys, and I mean, we can talk about the heavyweights, but when I actually get excited, those are kind of the crop of guys that I legitimately get excited to watch. It, I mean, you, you can't have that conversation without the heavyweights, though. I get the I know. most well, I, excited I was, for the heavyweights. But here's the, that's the thing. It, for me, it goes without saying, right? Deontay Wilder is, that is box office, right? Because you never know what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. Anybody with that, that kind of power, you want to see. Andy Ruiz, yo, this he got he got the tools, he got the skills because those skills pay the bills. My man has all the skills in the book. He got all he got all the tools in the tool shed. My man is the man, right? And Tyson Fury, bro, again, he is the not. I'm not saying that's this the type, the same type, but in terms of entertainment value. He is cut from the same cloth as an Ali, just based on sheer entertainment value and skill, like actual like skills. I like the I like the smoothness of Ali, but granted, Ali was also five inches shorter. We never give the small guys any love. How are you gonna forget Naya anyway? Anyway is great, but I'm be honest with you, I just haven't seen him fight as much. Because he's small, but he, exactly. he's not I, I think he, out. I, I think he's amazing. And we've talked about it on the show. I think Inoue is amazing. I was just saying in terms of the guys that I truly get excited to watch fight. These are the guys. You know, our welterweights we love. I love those guys. Um, I, I have a fascination and a real love in my heart for middleweight and uh, and super middleweight because that's essentially the weight class that I was in. between that and 175 is essentially the weight class that are guys my size. So I always, you know, am excited. Those are guys that are walking around between 180 and 190 pounds. That's me. So when I see dudes who are athletes like that who are getting like that's why I'm always focused on those weight classes. And come on, man, the glory division, man, the the the, the Showtime division. How do you not love the welterweights? Welterweights definitely get all the glory. They're definitely the Hollywood division of boxing. The Hollywood, yeah, absolutely. But the reason for that is, and honestly, you know what? But it is. It, it's welterweight between welterweight and middleweight. Those are those like those those divisions, right? Those are the Hollywood divisions. But the reason it's like that is because those are regular sized niggas. They recognize that's why, and we love seeing dudes who I could do that. That dude's like me. That's why we love that shit. You know what I'm saying? So, look, man, there's a lot of great fights. And again, keeping with all the amazing fights that are happening over and over again, and we're keeping with this beautiful 45-day stretch, fam, it is finally here. Finally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, You've you been watching WWE a little bit? Your boy. Yo, some actually, rock in there? Actually, I have been. I've had to, man. So, uh, between you and I and all the whoever people have been listening, um... Oh, by the way, man, I had to thank everyone been listening and sharing and talking about the, the fight podcast. Yo, I appreciate you guys. I also always want to point out and say, if I ever talk about anybody's chin, you do not have to go out there and actually look at a picture of their face. A chin is if you get hit in the mouth, you got a good beard. All right. I'm here. To, I'm here. To, I'm here to teach you. I'm here to learn you. You can't use a, another sl- <laughs> boxing slang term to define a chin. You, you said a, 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 a good beard. chin. It means I got a good, a good beard. beard. <laughs> now, they're, now they're definitely confused. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yo, but look, everybody's been listening and, and communicating with us and sharing and reposting. We, we thank you guys. We love you guys. You know, keep it up. Um, we are... I, dude, we are at the point that we're getting, you know, weekly, we're getting a couple thousand listeners, man. So it's pretty dope. So I appreciate you guys. Keep it up. Serge and I will continue to grind for you all. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yo, really quick. I got to throw this out there. Um, do you have you do you know the um, I, you know, New York? Do you better know this? You know, the uh, the IG page crime faces. You know, I have not been on Instagram. Do you not know Crime Faces is? No, I've never seen it. I've never heard you, of it. So, so you what you say? You don't follow Fight Podcast? You ain't looked at none of the clips that I've posted recently? I have not. I have not been on Instagram. <laughs> now you're supposed to tell people that. Now, now when we announce how to find me, they're not gonna follow me because I ain't been on Instagram. Let's get the door let me get on here. Come on, fam. So, wait, okay. So check it out. Crime Search Faces. Like, has, Come on, have a, have fun. It's fun out here. <laughs> so Crime Faces has an incredible IG page. New York dude. Um, he actually is um, becoming bigger and bigger. Hilarious videos. If you haven't seen him, I got some of his fight videos uh, that he breaks down on uh, the fight podcast ig page um dude is hilarious but he's actually going to be on the podcast this week we have him coming on also speaking of content this week we have one of the greatest combat sports coaches in the world literally the one of the best mma coaches in the world top three in my opinion we got din thomas din thomas is also coming on the show this week man so like 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 my man said yo we got this content we're bringing it to you guys um and that's what it is man you can get some stars in the show. We out here. Coming up a little bit. Yeah, we out here. What can I, I say? Got a little budget behind it. <laughs> no, no, we out here. We trying. You know, we making it happen. We, you know, like I said, there is a reason why I'm the underground king. Come on now. Undisputed champ in the underground. There it is. Um, but, yo, we're going to find out who's undisputed this weekend, man. This weekend, we have... Canelo Alvarez, Sergey Kovalev, fighting for the WBO light heavyweight belt. Canelo's moving up two weight classes for this fight. Not one, but two. Bruh. Just tell me your excitement level for this. I am beyond excited. Um, I've watched this. I've analyzed both fighters. And I simply don't see a a path for Kovalev at this point in his career. However, with the two weight class difference, anything can happen when Canelo's feeling a jab with an extra 15 pounds on it. So how excited for this fight? There's just so am I? There's so many different ways that this fight can play out, and that's what you look for in boxing. That excitement where you really don't know what's going to happen. You might have your pick. People might most people might pick Canelo because we think Canelo's one of the better body punches in boxing. He's going to get to the body. But we don't know what's going to happen when he gets in there with a full-size 175-pounder. Even though Kovalev is over the hill. We still just don't know what's going to happen when Canelo takes one of those rights. Yeah. How will he 
how will he handle it? How will he behave? How will the extra weight affect him? Will he be able to go 12 rounds? Or and we, have Canelo account, we have to take into account the Buddy McGirt uh, also. Buddy McGirt, amazing trainer, amazing game plans. How does that play into account? And, and, and can, exactly. And there's a lot of different. And Kovalev has stayed in shape. So there was no time spent for this training camp getting in shape. He was just simply building off what he already had for the Anthony Yard fight. And so my fear. Now, real quick, real quick, before you go, do you have a fear of Kovalev still slightly being diminished from some of the punishment that he took against Anthony Yard? Because, I mean, that was only. Eight weeks ago? That's not a lot of time truly to recover because he took some huge shots in that fight. He took some huge shots, but he never went down. He was dazed a bit on his feet, but he came out the, ne- the next round, composed himself, and was able to take over that fight leading up to the knockout. So I do I do think eight weeks is more than enough time. And I think it was 10 weeks. I think there was more than enough time for I'm him sure to recover. Two weeks off. And- he did. Um, I'm sure there was more than enough time for him to recover um, and get his mind right for this fight with Canelo. I, I, I don't. I, I don't think there's going to be any lasting effects from the Anthony Yard fight because, yeah, I mean, mentally, if you're not there from the Anthony Yard fight, I mean, you definitely won't be ready for Canelo Alvarez. My thing about Kovalev is that he cannot fight on the inside. For such a big guy who's known for all his power, who was once the crusher, who he is not the crusher anymore. <laughs> he just does not have well, I'm sure any crusher can or two. He he does not have he can't fight on the inside. He just does not know what to do. So with Canelo being such a great inside fighter and doing a someone who does a great job at finding ways to get on the inside with larger guys, it's it's very difficult to see a way for Kovalev, to see a, a route for Kovalev. However, Kovalev has an elite jab. And at times, we've seen Canelo get tagged with that jab. In, in Canelo Triple G2, he got tagged with that jab all night to the point where there's a lot of people who, w- who will tell you that Triple G won based off of that jab. However, seeing him in the ring with uh, Danny Jacobs, Danny Jacobs had a hard time la- landing that jab because of the head movement. Canelo didn't improve such drastically between the two fights, which were back to back. It's just stylistically, Golovkin had a better time, better timing and a better game plan for his jab and probably a better, a different use case than Danny Jacobs had for his jab. What type of jab will Kovalev be able to come out with? Will he be able to land that jab consistently on Canelo or will Canelo's head movement lead him to the inside where he can do that work to the body? You made a good point. I'm going to give you props, man. That was a good point. You went out here, man, and the way you were talking about how, you're right, Kovalev is amazing from the outside, doesn't do as well on the inside, almost can't fight on the inside, which is amazing. His legs, his legs are weak. Exactly. So here's the thing. That's why I don't believe this size advantage is an advantage at all. There's a size and and advantage when you can weigh on somebody. You can get on the inside. You can lean on them. Do you know what I mean? But but if we look at the two guys, who's going to be the one being who's probably the stronger guy? Now, granted, Canelo says he's walking around right now at about 180 pounds. He said that's probably what he's going to rehydrate at Um, in terms of uh, uh, Kovalev. He said he probably walks around closer to about 190. 10 pounds when you're 10 pounds when you're Shakur Stevenson size makes a huge difference. 10 pounds when you're at that weight 
doesn't make that big of a difference. Prime example, Deontay Wilder weighed 212 pounds when he fought against Tyson Fury, who weighed about 260 pounds that fight. Just take that into account. However, it's not just 10 pounds because Canelo is moving up. That's not his natural weight. So we don't yeah. know what the weight he put on is. But, is that muscle? But is it him just thing. trying to bulk up? It, it could, but it, yes. But here's the thing. It doesn't seem like it. What it sounds like is just Canelo not cutting weight. This is just him. Just This is, what, this is his walk around weight. I feel like Canelo has spoken about putting on the weight. I have to double check that, but I feel like he's openly spoken about putting on the weight. And that's one thing that Andre, Andre Ward was qu- quoted saying that he was concerned about. That's that, that that is the wrong thing to do. That was actually his mistake the first time around with Kovala. Interesting. Well, we'll see how it goes, because if that's the case, that makes me concerned for when he tries to come back down. Because we all remember Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones is never the same after he beat Ruiz. It wasn't. So, and when he went up, moved up to heavyweight, fought the heavyweight champion, ended up coming back down, ended up getting torched. So, it was never the same. Yeah, I mean, that's something to definitely be concerned about. However, not today. Not today, <laughs> Not man. today. Well, look, all in all, man, it is going to be an incredible fight. Um, but the, the whole weekend is going to be a great fight weekend, man. Over in your neck of the woods, in Madison Square Garden, where the second best team in New York plays. Uh... <laughs> Yo, you should have seen this dude's face. <laughs> it's true, though. Second best team in New York plays there. Um, but Madison Square Garden, um, there is the going to be... The second best team in New York. Uh, I think they beat the uh, Chicago Bulls this week, didn't they? Bulls are trash. Oh, I mean, I I'm just... We're going to win 36 games. We're going to be better than this year. But one thing I will say is that Zach Levine stole the ball at the three-point line on y'all's side. He took one dribble and dunked it on the other side. Did you but see that? I did see that, but y'all lost the game. Fam, he took one dribble. One. I one. saw it. I saw one it. One dribble. From three-point line to dunk. One dribble. Zach Levine is a beast. This is nothing new. Beast. Hey, yo, one of UCLA's finest. Um, and James, and to, speaking about beast, I just got the notification that James Harden dropped 59 tonight. Good God, bro. Yo, how, man, how about AD last night dropping 40 and 20 in three quarters? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, the Lakers get uh, Kuzman back on Friday. I'm excited to see what the Lakers become. I'm not a Laker hater at all, despite what you may think. I think the Lakers are going to be fun this year. Um, I I think all the NBA is going to be fun this year. The only team that don't look fun is when you – it's messed up when you got Steph Curry out there looking like Seth Curry. And I'm checking the score right now. The Warriors are playing the Suns, and it's in five minutes left in the first quarter. The Suns are up 25 to 10. It's so sad. It's it's so sad what's happened to Steph Curry. And here's the thing. I I feel bad because when you look at it, you think about it like this, right? This is a totally different team. 
they have like something like six new players. But you would think that, yo, as great as we all thought Steph was, and I had a, a conversation about this with, with some, some dudes in the association, and I have to say this. Yo, the best guy on that team, the best guard on that team was Klay Thompson. The thing about the Warriors is that they were not built for, you know, to have less than three superstars. I mean, so I guess you could say they have three right now with D'Angelo Russell, but D'Angelo Russell isn't... I, I don't think he hasn't won a chip, man. He doesn't have the not, mentality yet. Not only that, but he's not in that system yet. Right. Exactly. I, I, I think right. he's still learning how to play in that system, and I think it does take some time. That that being said, I mean, the team is not built to not have Klay Thompson around. So maybe they look a little rough this year, but next year you look at Steph, uh, D'Angelo, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and an anonymous center. You, you can have a decent team there. Possibly. They have a nice team that will come in sixth. And I mean... And lose in the first round. I don't think that's a sixth-place team, though. No, right, no, no, no. They're, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. I'm, and this year, I'm talking about next year. You said They might not team. make the playoffs next year either. I was being nice. They're going to make the playoffs next year. If everybody's healthy, they're making the playoffs. Yo, but I just the rest don't of the league's getting better and better, too, though. Yeah, they're getting better, and maybe they're not winning the West, but they'll make it to the playoffs. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, man. Um, Yo, but what I was saying about New York is that this weekend, UFC 244 is their action, and um, that's going to be an incredible card. Uh, We got the bad motherfucker title on the line, Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. B, I know you don't know anybody else on that card, um, but the main event. Are you interested? Are you excited? Um, have you seen anything leading up to it? I've seen some stuff leading up to it. I am interested. I am excited. But I'm more excited for the idea that it's just going to be a good fight. It's going to be a there will, fight. I, I don't really see this fight going any other way aside from just being a good, good fight. And for someone like myself who doesn't have a dog in the fight, that's all you really want to see. Mm-hmm. So... I don't have a prediction on who's going to win. I'm just in there for a, a good fight, and I do think it's worthy. Um, this this fight is worthy of the BMF title. Absolutely, no, nah, man. These these are two guys whom are legitimate badasses. Um, very similar in their upbringing and the type of guys that they are. No nonsense. I'm coming out here to put these paws on you, and we keep it rocking. Um, if you guys did not listen to episode 140 or 155. Um, go ahead and do so. I make my fight picks there, but I'm going to give you guys a little taste. And uh, I got Jorge. I think Jorge Masvidal has far more tools in his tool shed, and um, he has the very similar same type of gas tank, and he has a lot more power. And as he says himself, the street Jesus is out here blessing fools, so he's going to go out there and try to put him down. It'll be great to watch. The last time wait. we saw Masvidal out, the fight lasted all of about eight seconds, six seconds. Uh, five, it was plus. a five-second knockout. I mean, yeah. technically, it's a three-second knockout, but the ref pushed him off at five. I can't wait. Can't I'm excited. Wait. I am excited. Um, and, and UFC, I mean, boxing has been pushing their cards a little bit later, which I don't like. Come on now. You know, I'm at that age where... 
you know, I'd like to be in bed by 12. Y'all starting the main event at 12.30. We now have a conflict of interest. <laughs> UFC has always done that. So I, th- the way I expect things to go is for me to, everybody be, to be able to watch the Canelo fight and then still catch the UFC main event with no problem at all. Facts, man. It should be good, man. I can't wait. This is going to be an incredible fight weekend. Brandon Camille, B-Cam 13, B-Cam thinks, fam, any, any parting shots? Thank you for having me. Shakur Stevenson is one of the next big stars in boxing. And I got Canelo this weekend because Kovalev's legs, he just will not be able to keep Canelo off for 12 rounds. Um, I I think between his head movement and uh, his subtle footsteps that he'll be taking forward while he's moving his head. Once he leans forward, he'll be in position to attack. And those body shots, I mean... I I just have to see I I, I want to see if Canelo's power carries but I do like Can- Canelo but I would love I would love to see a Kovalev upset that would be great for boxing it'd and be amazing that, for boxing and Canelo doesn't lose anything if that happens but I would love to oof. see that man I, oof nah man I think if Canelo takes an L I don't know I don't know it, I I don't think it, it will it wouldn't be a good look for Canelo if he takes an L but I will say this. Canelo wins because if it goes to a decision, Canelo always has the judges on his side. If uh, it's either going to be a knockout or a decision, the only uh, way I, I, the I, I, o- I think I think we knew that. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. But the way I'm saying it though is like by Canelo because at the end of the day, if it goes to a decision, they're not going to give it to Kovalev on points. Canelo's the biggest star in the sport, and because of that. Kovalev needs a knockout, and I don't see him knocking anybody out like they at that caliber anymore. I mean, you you never know. I mean, he he could catch him one of those rights, and it could be the beginning of the end. You, those you, extra fifteen you pounds know. matter. They, and they Koval, do. Kovalev, you know, they say the power is the last thing to go. The speed may be the first, but the power is the last thing to go. And Kovalev may be in his final days, but that power should still be there somewhere. There it is, man. We'll see. I don't know. But doesn't nobody know. So hey, these this this is just our uh, this is just our takes, people. Just our hot takes. This is how we feel because we take the time and we study and we look at it for your listening pleasure. Brandon Camille, brother, I appreciate you as always, man. Thank you for joining me once again on the Fight Podcast. Serge, my guy, we will talk soon, 1,000%. and I'll be watching these fights from Puerto Rico, from the motherland. That's what I'm talking about, brother. Go out there and go. Hey, man, when you out there, man, make sure you got the, you know, the, the little ice cream guys, right? There's these little coconut ice cream. So it's like a little dude who pushes little ice cream cart. Um, go grab one of those. They're some of the best ice cream you'll ever have. All right. You know, I'll make sure I do that. You know what I do have planned? I do have a, a little tattoo appointment on Friday. There it is. My get, dude. Get, get some forearm work. There we go. There we go, yeah. yo. I got to check that out, man. You got to make sure you put that on the gram, actually. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny. We'll be back soon enough. Yo, oh, and, and also, why yet? Mofongo. Got to have some mofongo. Oh, I, I know mofongo. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm well York, acquainted. Fam. I, I know, but you got to have some. Actually, have three fungo while you out there. I got you. There I got go. you. All right, brother. Have a good one, man. Have a good time. out. out my, t- my, my people take care of you, bro. I appreciate it. I will do, and I'll uh, tell you how it was next week. You'll be good. Bet. All right, brother. Be easy.
There we go. There we go. That was my conversation with Brandon Camille. As always, I appreciate the man for joining us right here on the Fight Podcast. Always a good time, man. Yo, this weekend, like I told you guys, is going to be so much fun. Not only do we have, obviously, the big boxing matches, but we have UFC 244 in Madison Square Garden. So a lot of fights to get to, man. Um, As always, I love you guys. Um, Each and every week, we're brought to you by Sage Eats. That's healthy meals and fitness mentoring right here in Chicago. If you are not in Chicago, that is okay. They actually have fitness mentoring and nutrition consultation. So check out Sage Eats at Sage Eats. Chicago.com. Thanks to them to everything they do is kind of helping us continue keeping the lights on and keeping bringing that fire content to you guys. Speaking of fire content also this week, so keep your eyes and ears open. I have my uh, fight news episode. We deep dive into everything MMA related. I have a special guest on that episode and I also am bringing you guys some fire interviews. So something a little special, something you may not expect. So keep your eyes and ears open for that, man. But with that being said, that's about all the time we have for the day. Again, I am your host, the Underground King, Serge Vicente. As always, I love you guys. I appreciate you. Check us out everywhere podcasts are available. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. Let make sure everybody knows about the best show in the world, man. Love you guys. This has been episode 156. I am your host, Serge Vicente. Deuces! Deuces!